The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this episode are that of the guest and host and do not necessarily reflect the values of sponsors or other associated organizations. Welcome to the Parental Compass by Family Education and Support Services, otherwise known as FESTS. I'm your host, Bobby Williams. Please subscribe to the show. We are coming up on our 100th episode next week. We did it! So that being said, there's a lot of great back episodes to listen to. We try our hardest to give you a great episode every week. So, subscribe. Childcare. Never before has a situation been so treacherous. It's tough to afford. The industry as a whole is struggling right now. It's hard to decide what is a good childcare center to send your child to. And then, once you do decide, do they even have an opening? Well, here to give us guidance and clarity is Gary Burris. Gary is the executive director of the Child Care Action Council. He had a lot of great ideas and insights. It was super interesting. Check it out. And it's not new. COVID, I think, shed a huge light on it because people became so much more aware of how hard the child care industry is for folks to operate in. So the, the main problem that we face is that parents have only so much money that they're able to spend for childcare, and the costs of operating a childcare facility are quite hard, quite high, and the, and the largest part of that is the salaries of staff. So you've got two problems. One, parents often can't afford the childcare, and two, the folks who work in that industry are often very low paid. So we're trying to figure out ways to support the industry with some financial supports so that we can have high quality child care for all kids. Yeah, well, and cost of living is just going up so much lately. So I can see how that's just adding to the challenge. Absolutely. Something that's amazing to me is how the government, they support elementary school, high school, they contribute to college, but then it's like child care is left out. Mm -hmm. And you think about brain development and how mm -hmm. much your brain develops in those first years. And so it just seems like that should be more of a priority. Yeah, I, I completely agree. The uh, childcare is uh, supported at the federal level mainly, and those funds come down to, to uh, states. And the majority of that is to support families to access care, but it, it's really for people whose incomes are quite low. So families who's, uh, who do have lower incomes are able to get a subsidy and then there's a lot of people who just can't afford childcare, as you mentioned. I, I always make the argument that if we looked at childcare, that when we look at higher education, where the state it, uh, provides a percentage of the costs, they maybe support 25, 30, 35 percent of the costs of higher education. If we could do that for families, we would have two problems we fix. We could reduce the costs for the families. And then the facilities also would have enough money to pay a few dollars more an hour to make the wages more livable. Well, let's bring it to the families now. I mean, childcare is so expensive, even middle-income families struggle with it. 
Is there like a simple like Google search this and this will get you in the right direction to figuring out how to subsidize your child care? So a couple of different things. The first thing I would suggest is uh, in Washington state and across the nation, there's an organization called Child Care Aware. And my organization, the Child Care Action Council, is a regional part of the Child Care Aware system nationwide. And in Washington state, we have a referral system. So I'm going to just show you here on the screen. This is the uh, phone number and the um, uh, website address. And that is uh, childcareawarewa. So uh, you spell that all out, .org, and their phone number is 1-800-446-1114. And if you're not in Washington State, you can just type in Child Care Aware in your state in a Google search, and you should uh, come upon that service. And referrals to for families is one of the um, pieces uh, to get started with. So you, you can call the referral line, talk with them, and you can also ask them about what programs you might be eligible for based on your income. And so that would be a way for them to then navigate you to um, programs. The other thing you might do is search your local city. So uh, depending on where you live, just type in um, uh, child care uh, subsidy programs, um, Olympia, Washington, where I happen to live, or any other uh, city that you live in. And you're probably going to, they're probably going to identify programs such as the Federal Head Start program, as I mentioned, state preschool programs that are subsidized, and maybe some other resources for you. Yeah, it always pays to be resourceful. Like there's oftentimes money out there, or things that you can get that if you just sort of search for it and seek it out, it's there. Yeah. Well, so there's childcare and there's getting a babysitter. Is there much of a important difference between the two or? Yeah, so th there's a huge difference and I don't want to minimize the importance of both because both can be very important for families. So in the childcare industry, there's been a, a, an effort over the past several decades to support people that go into that field of work to really understand child development and to be the kind of um, work, to have a workforce that is able to uh, guide children appropriately, understanding what kids uh, should be doing at certain ages and developmental stages so that they're not expecting too much. They're identifying if kids are having difficulties um, with whatever area of development, whether it's language development or motor skills development. So the staff are more and more getting better and better trained. And many of the staff who work in the industry have an AA degree, associate's degree, or a bachelor's degree, or even higher in early education. So going to a childcare facility, you're often, and, and, and you want to check on that because not everyone's going to have that. As I mentioned earlier, the industry doesn't pay a lot. So some people are going to, some organizations, some businesses are going to be able to hire people with better credentials. So you might want to check on that. But there is a huge difference between that and having someone come in and watch your kids for an hour or two or three. And, and sometimes you can find the right babysitter, and I'm thinking typically high school students or college students are the ones doing that work, who maybe have an interest in kids who are engaged in that work. So there's a big difference even in babysitting between a teenager who's going to be on their phone 80% of the time they're around the children, or puts them in front of the television for the time that they're with the children from a child, from a child care uh, provider, a babysitter who 
engages with them, who actively plays with them, um, gets them active and running around, takes them outside, goes on walks. So even then, there are ways to be very, very um, successful in supporting the development of the child with a babysitter or a nanny. And I think just being real careful about who you choose to the extent that you're able, if you, if you can find some choices and interview and talk to people. And, and really, you want to, I think, be assured that whoever's with your children, that their values align with your values. And not everyone's values are the same, right? And so someone might prefer a certain kind of situation. Someone might prefer another kind of situation, just depending on what their values are. And so that's a key piece in, in learning about who you're going to be caring for your kids. So how do you seek that out then? Or how do you know a place is a quality place or you're working with a quality person? Is there like go through these six questions or yeah yeah it does require going to the to the site the checklist will have very uh, many types of things on it so examples might be uh, if you're going to this you're going to it and, and and the other thing is there's just there's childcare centers and and then there's licensed family homes so you might be looking for different things in each but examples might be does the caregiver spend time interacting with the kids and what are those interactions like are they uh kind and gently guiding children? Are they uh, strict and, um, um, you know, maybe um, more directive? And again, some parents might prefer one over the other. The checklist might provide you with information on looking for different areas of play so the kids can make some choices about the kind of play that they do during the time that they're there. And that would be true whether you're in a childcare center or in a home. Uh, you might look for things like on the checklist for things like um, what kind of food do they serve? What kind, uh, how clean is it? Um, just some various kinds of information. It, 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 it's in some ways similar to looking at a house or an apartment and just the kinds of things you would look for, you know, is the paint on the walls fresh? Is it clean? Um, does the rug look really dirty and stained? Or does it look like it's been taken care of? So just similar things like that is, is a lot of what you'll be looking at. Yeah, so you could kind of go to a place beforehand and just check out the general vibe and how do you feel about it and what's the energy and exactly. is it a mess? Sometimes it would be a mess though with a lot of kids. So there's a yeah, so there's there's a difference between contemporary messes and permanent messes, right? So yes, yes, absolutely, yeah. So so I think um, a, a mess with kids is to be expected and probably a good thing. It means that they're actively engaged in playing. And, and sometimes um, while that can look like chaos, it also means that the kids are are in there and probably having a good time. Yeah, as long as the mess doesn't look several weeks old and gross or something. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, I think another big difference, like thinking about childcare, is you're learning to socialize. And for a lot of young kids, this is their first time really learning to socialize. Mm -hmm. And it gets me thinking about cell phones and tablets and how that's almost de-socialized a lot of kids. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts around all that? Yeah, uh, that is a, a major concern I have. When we talk to people who work in the childcare industry, they're telling us that they are seeing more and more children with behavioral problems and also with less ability to, to pay attention. Uh, and, and that certainly is a, a developmental issue, right? So you're not going to expect the same thing from a two-year-old or three-year-old or four-year-old, but the attention span at those various ages has been shortened and shortened. And there are people who are of the belief that it's a cause, but the cause of that is both kids spending more time 
on electronic devices, but also the adults in their lives spending more time on, elect on electronic devices yeah. and having less uh, adult and child interactions. So that is one of the, the most important things I would just suggest to the audience is uh, just be aware of trying to spend quality time with kids, put the phone away and try to engage. Yeah, that's a great point is it's not just the kid's fault, it's the adult's fault for being engaged in your phone too much or, and it, it's a thing you have to actively be conscious of, like, it's just always tempting to be like, what's on Facebook, what's on Instagram in this yeah. moment? Yeah, yeah, it's very, it's very true. And I think, you know, growing up decades past, there was, there was television, there was radio, but in some ways, those aren't, they're, they're a little more passive in some ways, definitely radio, but uh, especially if you listen to music, right? But um, even television, it's easier to get to interrupt and have a conversation than if you're on your phone, you really, it seems to me that people are more focused on that phone and they lose track of what is happening around them more than they do in other situations. So say you have a child and you need daycare for them in the fall, when's the right time to start looking for something for them? Yeah, the yeah. big issue is that there's this um, lack of care. And so the earlier you can get on a list, the better, or the earlier you start looking, the better. So if I have, a, um, if I know I want to have child care from, for my four-year-old in, in September, in September, I might want to be looking at, you know, even a year in advance, starting to look oh. around and identify where that might be. If you know, try to plan ahead, if you know you're going to, you know, if you if just gotten pregnant and you know, you're going to need infant care at three months, pencil out when that is going to be and try to get um, to those places. And, 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 and I would say that the hardest care to find is infant and toddler care. A lot of states have added parental leave, which helps that because uh, you're able then as the um, parent, as the mom to take some parental leave. And in many states, the dad is also able to take some parental leave. And that helps in terms of not maybe needing that infant care as early. So maybe you only need it for six months instead of 11 months. But even so, it's very difficult to find. It's very expensive to offer and it doesn't make profit for the um, organizations that offer it. So it's um, really in high demand. And and also toddler care is, is also uh, in pretty high demand as well. So, um, but I think starting, starting as early as you can is key. Yeah, so start looking now is pretty yeah. much the answer. Whatever age, just start looking now. Yeah. Do, you, do you think those wait lists are ever worth it? Yeah, I think I think that's a good plan to get on wait lists. Um, the people who operate facilities want to be full all the time. So they're going to want to know who wants childcare. You might ask them, you know, if, if you're looking at a, a small family home, let's say that has eight kids there, if they have a sense of about when they might have a vacancy again and where you are on the list. Because if you're 10th on that list and they only have eight kids, you're probably, um, and they don't have much turnover, then you're probably going to not ever see that spot there but if you're looking at child care center and they have four preschool classrooms each with 18 kids and they have three families a month that tend to leave and they have a list of 20 or 30 then you even though you're farther down the list there's a lot more spaces opening up a lot more turnover there so you just need to keep that in mind as well yeah well so we talked about going into the facility and checking out the vibe and seeing how it's going what else do you think parents should consider when choosing a child care center or daycare? Yeah, so 
far and away the most important thing is the the interactions between the adults and the kids and how the kids and you can tell a lot too by how the kids interact with each other um knowing what ages they are but once you've done that i think you want to look at their their policies so so again in washington state each facility has to have a parent manual. So if you can get a copy of that, you can find out what the rules are. You know, what happens if you're late, for example, if, if they if they um, uh, if you're supposed to pick up at six o'clock and they basically close at six and for something happens, you can't get there at six, 10, six, 15. What do they charge you more? How much more do they charge you? Uh, what kinds of um, other policies do they have? What, what happens if your child is sick? What do they have any um ability to care for sick kids in the facility um just other kinds of things that might come up in your life um are, are just key to, to know about and, and and be able to check in on you know whatever whatever your personal situations with your schedules and you know if you're co-parenting just figuring out what kinds of um things that they have to set up to try to support you another thing i think about is location how close can this be to my house yeah yeah that that's the advantage of calling those um phone numbers uh, wherever you are in the country, again, you can access the um, referral lines. And so if I tell them where my address is, they're able to give me some, and I and maybe I say, here's my age of my child. Here's where I live. Um, here's where I work. I want something close to my home or my work. Here are the hours I need. Then they'll be able to search that on their database and identify uh, some sites for you to check into that meet those needs that you have. Well, thank you so much for having this conversation with us. Um, it can feel like a bleak world out there when you're searching for child care and it's hard. Can you leave us with a little message of hope here? Early learning is the most important time in kids' lives, I think. And finding a, a good spot for them will bring them joy, will bring you joy. So just take out, take on the challenge spend time it it may seem like you're spent you have to spend a lot of time to find the right place but it's worth it and your kid is going to get a, a great experience and it's going to help them for the rest of their lives right on thanks a lot gary all right you're welcome thank you gary if you have a child in daycare it affects your life pretty much every day so it's good to know there's people like Gary out there promoting the cause and working for us. This has been the Parental Compass by Family Education and Support Services. 100th episode next week, so be sure to tune in. I'm Bobby Williams. We'll see you then. Peace.